Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday short week. Battle Red game Thursday night football against the Philadelphia Eagles. 7:15 kickoff on Amazon Prime Video, and uh, we got a World Series. Well, we got lots on. going my on. My twenty. What about my twenty? And my twenty, which I just learned from Drew yesterday, is where he watched all those Brady Bunch reruns. So there's a I lot of he, there's a lot that. of longtime Houstonians that are listening to this right now <laughs> who are shaking their head in agreement with me, and they're they're saying, "Yep, yep." My Brady 20. Bunch, Gilligan's mm-hmm. Island. And then a little bit later in the 90s, they showed uh, reruns of 21 Jump Street, Ooh, which is a fantastic show, kids, for adults. Go back and watch that. Great stuff in the late 80s. But yeah, Channel 20. Astros used to be on Channel 20 as well. Right. So. I, I actually knew that for some mm-hmm. reason. I think they might have been on 20 when I moved here 20 maybe, years ago. Maybe, yeah. As their other place to be on, in addition to what is now Bally Sports, used to be Fox Sports Southwest. Yeah, and HSE before that. I think the yeah. Rockets might have oh, been yeah. there, oh, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that was like the UHF, and that was what a mm-hmm. lot of those teams did with the regional sports networks, basketball and baseball. They had the on-air, the over-the-air station, and the regional sports network. But the reason why the Texans are on my 20, can I do this? Yes, please. As I hijack Because I knew show? we were going we to full course. circle it eventually. But let's uh, come back and talk about reruns in just a second. No, we will. <laughs> we will. Fox 26 owns my 20. The people that own Fox 26 own my 20. And Fox 26 paid a bunch of money for the Texans game, by the way, mm-hmm. to have it on their airwaves because no one figured, all right, you're not going to have a World Series conflict. Are you back in the summer when they put this stuff together or maybe the spring after the schedule comes out? But here we are, World Series conflict because of the rain out in Philadelphia Monday night. So now you have that. So what they're going to do is put the Texans game on my 20. Fox is obligated to clear the network program of the World Series broadcast. There's no choice here for Fox 26. They've got to move the game. If they did not own my 20, they'd have to move it anyway. But they're going to move it to my 20. Yes. So therefore, we've got two games going on at the same time on Thursday night because of this rain delay cancel it will rain cancellation. Mm-hmm. I should say. It's and, a postponement, uh, DB. It's not a cancellation. I'm uh, sorry. Well, the game the game was canceled on Halloween night. Uh-huh. Or postponed, I should say. You're right. It is postponed, not yes. cancellation. Um, and so now you've got two major events, two major games at the same time. At the same place. With the same teams. How crazy is that? I don't think anyone could have foreseen same that cities. Same cities. First time in 11 years. Very quickly, because we do have to talk football. But okay. very quickly, most memorable, weird Brady Bunch moment. For me, it's when they <laughs> ate beans out of a flashlight when they got lost in the Grand Canyon episode. Weird Brady Bunch moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, there's so many. I always thought Sam and Alice, butcher, yeah. that relationship, I don't know why they needed that so much, you know? And I thought that was kind of an interesting relationship. Uh, but there was a lot of weird stuff. You remember know when was, they got locked in the freezer at his butcher? Okay, place? Now, the kids got yes, locked in there? I remember that. <laughs> that was no, weird. here was. <laughs> I here thought that's was where the, he was going with it. Showing the total <laughs> dysfunctional nature of that family, the Brady Bunch. Here it is. They would rig it up so the kids would get tricked into doing something bad, and they do that to teach them a lesson. They did this in many episodes, mm-hmm. right? They would purposely believe a lie, like Greg with the cigarettes once, and, oh, it was my friends, and they purposely believed him to show him later how, hey, you see, you lied to us, instead of just calling him out right there. Things like that. That happened a lot in the Brady Bunch. I can't think about all the examples, but trust me, it used to bother me a lot about Mike and Carol 
conniving, tricky parents. Well, I was going to say the episode in Hawaii where, they, good where Greg found that tiki, little tiki thing and wore it on his neck. Was and it Greg or was it Bobby? No, it was, was Greg. It, it was, well, Greg. It was Greg. Greg or Peter? It was Greg, Greg fell off the surfboard because he had it around his neck. Yes. And then Greg. they realized. Vincent Price was on that episode, too. That music was so creepy. That always freaked me out, that creepy music. It was scary. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> How did we get here? How did we get things alive? And by the way, the game is free on these airwaves right now. You're listening they to are Sports Radio Thursday. 610. I think we should have led with that. You can always listen on Sports Radio 610. Are you going to talk about how the stadium's going to be rigged up to show the Astros game, too? Like, Is not it? on the video board, but, like, on the concourse TVs and So stuff? they're going to do that during TV timeouts? Or are they no, going to no. show updates? I, so, this is a good question for people that so are So you, you're familiar with Drew Doherty, right? You've I do know. Him. I've heard of him. He's yes. on that. some devil sitting to your right. <laughs> He's on <laughs> the energy deck. No, they don't call the energy deck. used to be called that. It's, uh, it's Game Base Central. It's Bit Wallet. Bit Wallet. I love saying that. Anyway, Drew's going to give Astros updates during the breaks Ooh. on the video board. So big play highlights. Yes. And Concourse TVs now, they show the Texans game, but many TVs at NRG on a game day as you're walking around the concourses, club level, they show other NFL games. They have red zone on, so you're seeing the other highlights or whatever. Those TVs, because there's no other game, will be locked in on the World Series. So you'll be able to keep tabs on the World Series and watch the Texans and enjoy the night at NRG Stadium while the Astros are on the road in Philadelphia. Well, that's perfect. It's like a Sunday afternoon. Instead of seeing other NFL games, you're yeah. watching the World Series. Yeah. And you get to do updates, and I know Drew is going to be keeping up with it as well. Score updates drill. in the bowl. Score updates in the bowl. Great Wi-Fi for everybody. You can probably watch it on your phone while you're watching the Texans. If you like the Texans, pretty darn good chance you like the Astros and vice versa. I sure. Mean, you, yeah, you're, if you're from this town, you're rooting for your home team, and we're supporting the Astros. Want everybody to know what's going on yep. while you're at the game watching the Texans. So, yeah, it all works out. All right, well, let's get into some hot reads for the Repping week. Repping the H. Repping the H. That just don't want to do favorite Gilligan's Island moment. Maybe later. <laughs> okay. I would Maybe say later. Bury, I would say bury me in the H, but I don't want that yet. See, I like that, <laughs> I like so that saying, but I'm like, wait a minute. You love right. life and living. That's yeah, fine. Not That's right now, okay? <laughs> Can yep. we wait like 30 years at least for me? <laughs> so you wouldn't buy the longer. T-shirt if it became merch, bury me in the H? I do like it, though. I do like bury. I, I, don't, I don't like I, I don't like sign, I don't like talking about death before it's time. That's just me. Okay. That's just me. All right. Hot reads. Uh, Tonight's topic: death. Death. <laughs> I, okay. like, I don't need to wear it on my yes. No. Yeah. Um, hot reads for the third time. Yes. <laughs> so a little after three, the Texans made a transaction. They what? signed uh, Buddy Johnson to the practice squad. Oh. Is that the transaction you were waiting for just after 3 o'clock today, what Mark? What a tease No, I mean, I know what everybody's waiting for. Trade deadline happened today at 3 o'clock. And across the league, it. I mean, first of all, this morning I turn on the TV and every station's talking about the players that they, that they think will get traded. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Kareem Hunt, Brandon Cooks. Uh, Naheem Hines, mm -hmm. and of those three, only one got traded, and it was a crazy active trade day, oh, but not for the reasons that you thought it was going to be crazy. Oh, there are a lot of trades. Bradley Chubb Bradley gets Chubb's traded. massive, yeah. That's a big deal, and it's funny how the Texans are facing teams. You know, you're facing players for the second time. Roquan Smith. Uh, actually, you're not going to see Roquan Smith. He's in Baltimore. Robert Quinn, yeah. Uh, You'll see Robert, Robert Quinn. Quinn. That's who I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. Robert Quinn with the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks a lot. And you have Bradley Chubb going from the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins. You'll see them the weekend after Thanksgiving. Thank you very much, guys, for trading him there. No trades here for the Houston Texans. No, none. And it was a quiet day. And I know Lovey Smith's been asked about it several times. Oh, my gosh. They were several, just... several hundred. It felt like a, it felt like a lot of times. But, you know, I, 
I kind of felt for Lovey because I thought he obviously he's not going to comment on it. How many different official. ways were they trying to get him? You know what? It's I not like he knows it and he can't divulge it. I actually was like, I just don't think that anything has happened yet because I was pretty sure we would have heard about it through like sure. a leak or something. And right. I mean, this is just my thinking. I'm sure you guys feel the same way that if a trade could have been made, it would have been made. But, you know, it just there was no trade partner for th the asking price and it just didn't happen. So, you know, to ask Lovey Smith about it five or six times, I didn't really know, um, you know, what uh, what he what else he could have said. However, if the trade would have happened after the press conference, mm -hmm. then you've got nothing because that's, Lovey won't be talking until after the game. Right. That's the thing. I think the media was trying to get him to say something that they could use if he's traded. If it happened. If yeah. it breaks. Like, so if Brandon Cooks were traded, how important was he to your team in the event right. that he would no longer be with your team as you were looking back on him being with the team? I mean, they were phrasing it in all sorts of different ways, and Lovey yeah. wasn't Just biting. to get a quote on Brandon Cooks, yeah. which I understand. Yeah, because. ultimately, both sides, they were doing their job. You know, he was being evasive and... You know, or not evasive, but just answering what he could, and then they're uh, trying to get to get the get their story, and that, you know, they're doing their job. That well, is their it, job, but you know what? After it, a while, like dial it back a little bit. He's not biting today on this, and he never bites. Lovey handles himself very well at the podium. Well, I didn't help that. You know, we saw practice, and Brandon Cooks was not there at practice. It was a, a day off or for personal reasons, which is what Lovey said early on. But you know, it's a short week, so normally Brandon Cooks doesn't practice on Wednesdays. Uh, today's a Tuesday. What is it, Mark? It's a game week Friday. It's a game week Friday, but it's also a Wednesday, also and it's also Wednesday. a Thursday, even though it's a Tuesday. So being a, a Thursday night game, which means that's Sunday, this is Friday, but it's all those days wrapped but up in one. it's still a one. Tuesday because we're doing radio. Because yesterday was a Thursday, so it's very <laughs> strange. Uh, but I think that, look, personal reasons, whatever. Could he play Thursday night? Certainly. Certainly. I mean, it, I don't think there are... They're definitely game planning for this. I mean, don't get me wrong, but it's not like you're having a full week of varied practices and everything. They've got a couple of sessions to really get this down, a lot of classroom meeting type stuff just to get the schematics going, and they'll be ready to go, and he can adapt to anything. He's a salty, seasoned veteran. Yeah, walkthrough is the most that they went through physically, and, and Lovey Smith said that after the game on Sunday. So it's a quick week, but it's a quick week for the, the Eagles as well, and they're having to travel tomorrow, so it uh, it's even more truncated for Philly. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the Eagles. And, Drew, I was waiting for your turnover differential email that you mm. send every single week because I thought you'd be excited about the Eagles' turnover differential. Excited? Plus 14. Ugh. I mean, have you ever seen a turnover differential that high <laughs> this, this early in the season? Year. Right. Have you? Because I have not. It maybe have to... It may be the 14 Texans when they got all those turnovers, but I don't know that it was this <laughs> high at that juncture. But, yeah, that's... I mean, that's a, a a real reason, one of the real reasons for their success, that, and they've got a lot of weapons on offense. So this is an excellent team, and uh, Texans have their hands full. For they sure. have weapons for days. Yeah. It's like just watching them and watching some of the tape and reading some of the information and looking at the stats, you're thinking, all right, that guy's going to be a problem. That guy's going to be a problem. That guy's going to be a problem. There are problems everywhere. There's so many problems, as a matter of fact. I'm thinking... Maybe somehow this all works out. <laughs> you know, where you're able to just rise up, play the game of your life, and slow down the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. And the last time the Texans took on an undefeated team in prime time, remember that? Cincinnati Bengals on the road and you win Ooh. 2015. And you win, and you yes. win 10 to 6. Now that was a D, okay? They finished second in the league that year in 2015. 
I don't think they're finishing second in the league this year. But that doesn't mean you can't put on <laughs> a show a or at least Mark. slow them down. Well, to me, though, the key to the game is this. Can you move the football? Mm -hmm. Can you find a way, figure out a way, do something to get the ball moving and preferably across the goal line often? If you can score some points here, this is my game analysis. <laughs> Let's if you can go score for yeah, some what points, is it? it would really help because <laughs> scoring points is good. Even the other day, as bad as it was on defense with the 314 yard surrendered rushing, as tough as that was to take, if you put together one good touchdown drive late in the third quarter, early in the fourth, it completely changes everything, right? Now they might still run it in the next drive, but if you're able to move the football with a little bit of prowess, Okay, now you got something, but you can't go three and out, four and out against a team like that that's running it down your throat. Defense gets tired, very little depth after you get some injuries and other issues. So we'll see how it goes Thursday. It's obviously the tallest order of the season so far. You especially can't do that, go three and out like you did when mm -hmm. you're gifted three different opportunities mm -hmm. oh, where yeah. the missed field goal early, the pick that takes you down inside the red zone, yeah. and then the, uh, the fumble recovery. Forced fumble by Tremont Smith and uh, everything that went down there. You, you got to get more than three points off of those three. There were times early where I thought, okay, maybe they can slow down Henry sure. in this rushing attack. Petrie, you know, Petrie looks good, man. Those mm -hmm. flying into the backfield, making those TFLs or yep. tackling a guy right at the line of scrimmage. Heinish had some plays. You look at the young players and how they're rising up here uh, at times. You're seeing some flashes. You're seeing they started eight rookies, by the way. Yeah. Right? Eight rookies. Which is a re record for the Texans. They've never started that many. And I had to go time. back because in the inaugural season, a lot of people thinking, well, they had 13 draft choices that year. That, that was, was a, a defense that was long in the tooth, man. Yeah, they had the, a lot the defense of veterans. Did, and John Clayton, the late John Clayton, said to me during training camp that year, I asked him, how do you think this team's going to be? He said, well, they're not starting any rookies on defense. The defense, they should be okay. But we started, let's see, five rookies at a time, mm -hmm. at times on offense. You know, fullback, running back. I mean, just crazy. Quarterback, left tackle. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Wells still hanging around here as a Texans Legends community sure. member, so that's cool. But, man, got to find a way to um, to combat the Eagles, and I think it's up to the offense to – I mean, everybody's got to step up, but the offense really has to step up. You cannot squander scoring opportunities. Well, with the way that the Eagles were scoring last week and A.J. Brown, we've seen plenty of A.J. Brown uh, when he was with the Titans, but to oh see A.J. Gosh. Brown score three touchdowns, before the first half, and I think to your point of turnover differential, differential, the amazing thing is that they get all those takeaways, and they've only given up the ball twice. It's like they remarkable. do a, a tremendous job of protecting the ball, mm -hmm. and I think when you chuck the ball up, because I think all three of those touchdown passes were like really deep throws, to not have those picked off or intercepted, I mean that is that is something that's I think made them so powerful on offense. But you're right, Mark. I mean. You're not going to cut it by just scoring field goals here and there against this team. But I want to see that that offense that we saw against the Raiders, you know, and, and mm -hmm. build on that. I, I think that was the disappointing thing about Sunday's losses. Sure. You're coming off of Davis Mills having one of his better games. Obviously, you've got no Nico Collins. I really thought that with the tight ends healthy, we would see more involvement from them. But they just really couldn't sustain any drives. They just couldn't get anything going. Too much pressure up the middle. Too much pressure on Davis. I felt like he was scrambling. Damian Pierce, who's just had a great rookie season, that was the toughest game for, for him as yeah. well. I think just to watch him get tackled in the backfield before he even really got going to see him go down. That was not a Pierce game. That was no. not the way we we're accustomed to seeing him. But it's not him. You know, it's, no, a, it's it was, always an effort that right. includes the O-lineman to create some opportunities for him. Then he's going to take it and make the very most of it. Uh, I thought around the... 
edges, it looked a little better. He got some yards when they ran up to the outside. Mm-hmm. You can't do that all the time, though. You've got to find a way to get up the middle. And Mills couldn't step into the throws, and you had a recipe for disaster. Well, how about this? The Eagles enter Week 9 ranked second in the NFC in scoring defense. They're only allowing 16.9 points mm. per game. Mm. And total defense, only 298.1 yards per game allowed. Yeah. So I, they're good. They're good on all sides of the ball. Like their defense, their O-line. And, you know, I know Levy talks about games are won up front, O-line and D-line. That seems to be two, their strengths. Yeah. The oh. strengths of the Eagles. And they have a lot of strengths. I'm not just saying those are their only ones, obviously. And then Jalen Hurts, just a few years ago, it seemed like there was a question mark um, at quarterback. I was talking to Dave Zangaro, our friend mm-hmm. from Philly, who used to cover the Texans way back when. When I started here, he was with CSN Houston. And he was just I, – I said, like, when the season started, if I would have said to you in training camp this team's going to be 7-0, and would you have believed it? And even he was like, well, not really, but, you know, we knew it was, they were going to be a good team. Listen, a year ago. did not know. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts, that he was going to be the guy. A year ago, coming up to the trade deadline, it was a yeah. hot rumor out there that the Eagles really wanted Deshaun Watson. Would they be able to get him by the trade deadline? Would a deal be consummated? That was a year ago. A year later, they're 7-0, and and everybody's in love with Jalen Hurts. And I get it. Why not? He's playing great. But... I think it's a great lesson. I've pointed this out a couple of times this week, how 2020, eh, okay, Jalen Hurts last year, okay, but, you know, we'd rather have Deshaun Watson. I'm quoting the Eagles according to sources. Now, we feel very good about where we're at. Thank you very much. 7-0 and oh with Jalen Hurts. It shows you that a player, you give him some time, you give him some weapons, build around him, and voila, look what happened. He's super talented. We've all seen it in college, and he's translating those skills very well to the pros. By the way, the turnover margin, the differential, the Eagles are first at minus 14. The Texans are tied for fifth. Mm. But there, there are 11 takeaways difference between first and fifth (laughs) at plus 14 to plus three that's how dominant the eagles are in the turnover margin category and they're great about ball security they still have not lost a fumble this year we're halfway through the season they've not lost a fumble they've only hurts has only thrown two picks they're due they're due (laughs) their due guy could have a big day Fat uh, and happy. Yeah. Well, what does about, Mark say? He likes to see opponents uh, fat and happy. Yeah. I kind of heard Seth and Sean talking about this, and they were joking that the Texans should should uh, show the World Series game on the video board, which obviously is not going to happen. You're going to have some big plays, but not the game mm-hmm. itself. But maybe with those scores flashing up there, Hertz starts thinking about the World Series <laughs> or something like that. He That's, gets distracted. He throws a pick. You, you think he's know. still rooting for the Astros, or you think he's playing he's uh, absolutely the, to the Philly crowd? The yeah, he's a big Astros fan. Yeah, he, he is, but yeah. now that he's in Philly and he's he the starter. He wears an Astros hat. Now, we played the audio in the player show about him wanting – well, he wants Houston to win, right? But it, but Philly's his home now. But he doesn't really answer the question. Right. The media I, asked him. But, look, he they, wants he can, the Astros. In that market, right, in that market, he's not going to openly admit Exactly, it, which the is Astros. the smart thing to do. <laughs> you just say, listen. So you want to distract him by showing the Astros Here's how you answer winning. that. I love the Astros. I'm from Houston. <laughs> but I live in Philadelphia. So if the, if the Phillies win – I'll be happy for the fans that their team won. Oh, okay. That's what you say. I'll be happy for you guys that the team won. But I'm an Astros fan because I grew up there. And he's looking forward to playing here. He hasn't played in NRG Stadium yet. Mm. His godfather is a guy who we were all friends with, used to work here, Sean Washington. So 
you know, he's That's his he's, he's been around. Are he you knows, serious? Yeah, he knows know the Texans. You know, he's really pumped up about this game. It's a homecoming. He's from Channel View. That's, so. his That's his godfather. Yeah. <laughs> he's the player, former player development type yep. director. He got that, tickets to everything. He got me tickets to Drake <laughs> once. Oh, thank you. That was I mean, a I really miss, I miss him a lot. What he also did was he, he helped get Texans internships and jobs for right, what all was going to happen after but, but more football. importantly, yeah. I got to see some Good great shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more importantly. <laughs> never mind people's <laughs> careers and futures after well, playing so football. Good for him. Well, Dee got to see Drake. That's what's important. to see Drake and Future together. And, wow. The, the one now that's together. A bill. Yeah, that's a, a bill. Tremont yeah. Smith got to see it, those two guys together. That was his favorite concert that he's it ever was been a to. Fantastic found that out. Concert. You'll find that out when you hear and watch Drew's Dozen. Got to see Drake and Migos R.I.P. to one of the one, to one of the Uno Migo. Yeah, that just so, happened. So anyway, that's really sad. I so mean, the I, Texans I know, have never beaten the Eagles. All right. Yeah. Well, I was going to bring due. that up earlier when you were. They're due. They're due. God yeah. goes again. There we five, go. Five and zero oh against the, yeah. the Eagles are five and zero oh against the Texans. I feel like a few years ago the Texans came really close. And I remember them all. You know, I was uh, we were uh, uh, sitting around the table and um, my kid, sixteen year old Luke Vandermeer, had friends over and he's like, Dad. Uh, you know, I'm like a party trick for him. All right, 2007, Fourth quarter. week five, who are they playing? Week four in 2008, who was Rain it? Man. You're Texans Rain Man, I, I really yes. am. And, you know, I'm saying all this. Stuff. Name all the James Bond movies in order. And I'll just rattle them off. Definitely got to start like, with Goldfinger. Look at my dad. Yeah. He's so cool. You, but the, but you can also name score. You can give the score in any given quarter of any given game. No, no, I can't. I, can't I feel do like that. you can. No, I cannot do that. I am not good with the final score as much as I'm good with how things transpired throughout the day. Like I can tell you, they played the Eagles uh-huh. at the vet year one. Donovan McNabb was hot. David Carr threw an early touchdown pass to Corey Bradford, but the Eagles were too much for the Texans. Uh, and then what? It was well, what about the last game? Let's recap the last game with uh, against uh, Philly. Against Philly up to. there, it was a great game. It was a fantastic game. That was one where DeAndre Hopkins hurt his ankle. Did he? And he limped off the field. Vincent Smith caught that big pass off the scramble by Watson. Vincent Smith. And yeah. then they scored. And they lost the late Demarius Thomas. To Clowney hit yeah. the quarterback Nick Foles in the Is end that zone. His last game played with the Texans. Yeah. Demarius yeah. Thomas. Yeah. That was. A, I mm. just remembered the pregame show. We were on the sideline. This is a, a couple of hours before kickoff, and this guy was just booing me so ferociously. You. Me personally. Psychopath, yeah. I saw this guy too. I thought he was funny though, because I thought, well, you've got like an hour and a half, buddy. Your voice is not going to make it. It's Philly with so with so much vigor. I mean, he was just so enthusiastic about booing our pregame. They booed Santa Claus. Felt like I was really there in the spirit of it all. They defend booing Santa Claus. They they defend themselves (laughs) like that's that's a false accusation. Come on, no way. You really did boo Santa Claus, and there was probably some context to it. Maybe there was a good reason. Sure, sure. Maybe it was a bad Santa. Maybe it was Billy Bob Thornton. Well, Oof. the Astros will get plenty of shares of booing when they go up and play, play Philly too. So I think it's. It, I think the players like it. I think a lot of players like that sort of atmosphere. And uh, you know, and I was talking to Dave. He said a lot of Philly fans were planning on coming down to Houston to watch the Eagles game, but then now the World Series has sort of shifted that. So I think it's actually a benefit. We'll see. You where don't want. It goes. You don't want to see any Eagles fans at the Texas games. Texans games because they're here to cheer on their team. I think that you'll see some Eagles fans. You I mean, there's so? always yeah. some yeah, opposing will. teams that, fans. that live amongst us, as you say. Yeah. They, they, well, <laughs> it's not just that. I think a lot of people have made the trip because when you live in the north and it's not freezing cold yet, 
but it's nice to come to Houston. Let's go to Texas and you and don't they play here a lot. T- you know, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. they probably tied it into a experience or a possibility to see the World Series game six and seven at the time when it was scheduled that way. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, we'll have some more trade talks because some things happened in the division and a former Texan got traded today as well. So we'll keep the trade talk going, go around the NFL. It's all coming up on Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Texans All Access. A very busy day. Trade deadline passed earlier today at 3 p.m. And a pretty quiet day for the Texans. Uh, Not so quiet day. Was it? It was quiet in the sense that there was... Breaking no news. trade. Yeah. There was no trade. No trade. So in that sense, it was quite. There was lots of speculation. Mm-hmm. It was not quite on the speculation Ooh, front. Speculation galore. Speculation galore for yes. the past week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes you speculate, nothing happens. Other times, mm-hmm. trades happen when you least expect Here's it, the so. thing. Nick has a lot of draft capital already. So you can't just dangle. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular. I'm just saying in general, if you're making a deal with Nick Casario to acquire a player, you got to give him something really good because just dangling some sort of draft choice is not going to do it for Nick. He wants something nice and he's not, Nick is not going to cave on a bad deal. He's just not going to do it. He doesn't need to do it. And I'm not talking about anybody in particular, by the way. Well, I mean, that's that's where my mind was going. I thought for a guy that can sit around and wait for how long did we wait on the Deshaun Watson trade yeah, to be finalized? Very patient. When you can wait through that, and it was an excruciating wait last year, mm-hmm. getting through the season, he sat out. And every day we'd see Nick talking to Deshaun Watson in training camp. They would talk on the field. Nick was as calm as could be, fielded billions and billions of questions about Deshaun Watson. Yep. In every single press conference. Had him in the building. Had him on in the, the building. active roster. Did not, did not cave. Could not. Did not settle for what he didn't believe he was worth in You had a 52-man active roster for the entirety of 20. Because you were that right. patient. Yep. You were that patient. That patient. You waited it out. You got all the draft capital you were looking for, and voila. So it's a great point, DP. He's I think after so pa- You don't want to yeah. play poker with Nick or against Nick. No. He'll just he'll wait, outweight you. He'll wait you. He knows what you have anyway, so you might as well just fold. And I don't think that he has this sense of urgency that fans or maybe media people or he any of the rest so. of us have. There's <laughs> no sense of urgency no. like <laughs> the deadline's coming. Okay, let me just hurry up and get a deal done. Let me just hurry up and get the push this through uh, because I just go true. back to the Deshaun Watson trade. Like if you can wait a whole year on that and have to carry someone in your active roster that is not going to play for you. Like, Brandon Cooks is still going to play, probably still going to play for you if he's out there and he's healthy. But I, we all knew what the situation with Deshaun was, and he still waited a year. So I think that's sort of my litmus test for mm-hmm. trade deadline. So I sort of knew if, if Nick Casario has an asking price for a player, he's probably not going to veer too far off of that. Also, if you have to take a, a salary cap hit or give up something you don't want to give up, like, I don't think he's going to do it just because he feels like he should. You you can't do anything that the media really wants you to do. I mean, if it coincidentally lines up with what they want to do, what you want to do, if you're Nick Casario, fine. But just because the media wants you to make a deal or another team, you know, they got to pay up for this kind of thing. Because we all like, we meaning sports fans and sports media, we like stories and excitement that way and breaking news. Breaking but news, then it's on yeah. to the next. You know, you you just grip it, rip it, move on. I'm kind of mixing metaphors here, but you know what I'm saying. There's never enough. 
There's this insatiable appetite for breaking news. And once you get one thing, you want the next thing, and then you forgot about the last thing. So it's really important for Nick to do what's right for the organization. Well, last week, Kamu Grugier-Hill was released from the team. He actually signed with the Arizona Cardinals. So while we're on the talks of roster moves and transactions, Ooh. he finds a place elsewhere. And they're on that in-season hard knock. So I'm wondering uh, what <laughs> kind of conversations they're going to have. Oh, yeah. We're gonna... Let's start watching. I what sort of knocks. conversations he might have with former Texans J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins, guys who he was not teammates with. So mm. I wonder what that would be. Well, like. look, I, they, I don't think there, there's hardly any commonalities. Like when you no. think of – like even when you think of the Browns coming here – um, in December with Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have asked me, like, oh, is that sort of a revenge game? And I said, I don't think it really is because the team has changed so much. Oh, for these guys. For these guys, they've never played. But you know what? They, they, they're, look, I was just in the cafe the other day and it was a long break for these guys. Not a lot, that long, but whatever. I saw a bunch of guys on their phones. Like, they get the news, right? <laughs> They get the news. They they read. They understand what's they happening. Twitter they know that that's going to be a huge game for this city when the Cleveland right. Browns come calling. It and by the way, they're here again next year. Oh, wonderful. Because mm-hmm. it's AFC North next year again. So get ready. And the Browns won last night, which makes me really mad why the Bengals can never be uh, like Oh. Joe Burrow can never beat the Browns. I don't understand this. And we're openly rooting against the Browns because we want <laughs> them to have a bad draft pick, pick, meaning a good one for the Texans. But the Browns, uh, Jacoby Brissett, how many times have we played against Jacoby Brissett? Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, he, we won't play him, obviously, with the Browns because... No, he was tormenting oh. me last night. I'm surprised the Browns have struggled this much because I thought with that roster and Brissett being yeah. capable, I thought they'd... Like, I could see them peeling off some wins and getting close to 500 right now. Well, here's the thing. Their defense was playing badly, apparently. Mm -hmm. And last night, they looked pretty good to me. And I know the Bengals were without Jamar Chase, but I can't believe he's that. I know he's really important to them, but not that important where they can't score in a timely manner. And Joe Burrow didn't look good. Miles Garrett looked great. Miles Garrett came to play last night. Mm-hmm. Well, he showed factor. up in a costume, so he said you can't show up. In, I, 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 it's one of those. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank on it, but one of those uh, action type of hero sort of characters. Marvel? You mean superheroes? Someone, someone's going to. Aren't your kids into that stuff? No, they, I am not. They are. Okay. And then he said you can't wear a costume like that and not have a good game. But Nick Chubb, two touchdowns. I mean, 100 yards rushing. You should win every game with a weapon like that, and Jacoby Brissett, as long as you don't turn the ball over. Yeah. But anyway, I did tease that there was a former Texan that got traded today. The Broncos traded for Jets pass rusher Jacob Martin, and uh, so they trade away Bradley Chubb, yeah. and then they trade for Jacob Martin. They, and Denver giving up a fourth-round pick in 2024 in exchange for a 2024 fifth. This I don't understand about the trade deadline. You give up a pass rusher, then you get another pass rusher with some picks. All right, well, because Bradley Chubb is an elite pass rusher, and they got a one for him, among other things that they dealt. But but now you got to fill that hole. they got to fill that hole on their roster because they're still in it for the AFC West the way it's going. Now the Kansas City Chiefs are going to do very well, obviously. But they're still alive. The Broncos have chances to increase that win total, threaten to make the postseason, maybe even the division if they get super hot. Look, I'm sort of selling or overselling the Broncos They do here. have a good defense, though. I mean, they have a really good yeah, secondary. I was watching a game from London, and I thought, this team's got a lot going for them, and obviously we saw them out there. I just think that if Russell Wilson can put something together, they've got some assets, you know? And apparently they've gone to more of a very simplified offense with Wilson, but it was working against the Jags. And I'm thinking so many times, just 
do whatever works, whatever it is. Just go back to go what simple. made you so good. Be mobile. Use your yeah. legs. Why are you why are you avoiding this part of your game? Mark, I have a, a hypothetical for you. Do it. Okay. So I like we hypotheticals saw early... too. Can I have oh, sorry. sorry, Drew, I'm Jeez. gonna give it to you too. I feel like, he I feel like in it. this is a game. <laughs> Mark Andrew. For the both of you, I have a hypothetical. We saw earlier today the Vikings traded for TJ Hawkinson yeah. from the Lions. The reason why I brought up Mark was because Mark was flipping out over the fact that you two teams traded within the division. That's right, yep. yeah. Okay, so Brandon Cooks, let's say you get your asking price exactly mm. what you want. Should Nick Casario trade him within the division? Are we mentioning division? specific players who are on the roster, DP? Say hypothetical player hypothetical who could be a receiver or Who could somebody. be a receiver who in your division. hypothetically wanted a trade reportedly, allegedly. Mm -hmm. get, you get the offer for him that you want, but it's in your division. And that's the only offer that meets your criteria, and it's in your division. Do you do it? I might already have the rule, my own personal rule, to not trade a player in my division. Now, I know it's happened in this league, and it happened today, and I know it happened. I'll give you a good one. Wes Welker goes from the Dolphins to the Patriots. First of all, when Bill Belichick is acquiring a player from me, I'm very suspicious. It's kind of like doing a trade with Daryl Morey, you know? Wait a minute. Wait, I, do I Wait still want to keep him? What does Daryl Morey see in him that I don't or whatever? Don't deal with Belichick. Don't deal in your division. Don't do it. TJ Hawkinson is going to catch touchdown passes now in Detroit against the Lions. Mm -hmm. That stinks for your fans, for everybody. Why are you dealing him in your division? Find another place to ship him off to or keep him. Didn't the Dolphins get a second-round pick for Wes Welker? Yeah, but so what? I think they were colored by the idea that he had gone undrafted. Yeah. They can turn him into a two now. Yeah. They, let's turn him into a two. He's a little yeah. guy, so it's not going to be. Yeah. Wes well, Welker, one of the all-time steals in NFL history. All-time okay, so because he was undrafted. Would you do it? Do what? Trade a would player Would you trade in your a division. player within your division if it meets If it's going to make criteria. you a lot better and, and yeah. But yeah. does it make you a lot worse to have to face him? Eh, no, I mean, you would I have to Like, be, you'd have to then draft you'd have to someone know. to you'd have know. To know. No? All right, no. well, I, th I think you'd have certain rules. Like, you wouldn't have traded Watson in the division, right? Right, right. Because that just elevates a team mm. to have a franchise quarterback, elevates a team beyond where you want to see them elevated. Okay. Here's the other thing. I mean, I'm just, as we're talking, I'm thinking about the like Colts situation. Because the Colts dealt <laughs> Naheem Hines to the Buffalo Bills. I'm sure we'll get to that deal. Yes, but that, we are. That we're has some to significance it. to our conversation as well, and to the Texans' cause. But my thing is, no, I would not do it. Drew would. I want to veer off course here, but stay on course. Well, and well, I so want what have we ever stayed on course? I want to kind of in I'd the like labish. I want to make this an in the lab sort of segment, mini right. segment wise. Okay. Let's say. You can trade for any AFC South opponent or player who's retired. Who would you trade for to add to this That's roster? Retired. Peyton Manning. Okay. Uh, uh, really? Healthy Andrew Luck. Retired? <laughs> Say non-quarterback. Oh, oh non-quarterback. Non -quarterback. I mean, like, because, yeah, that is too easy. Mm, I got to think about that one. That's all, a tough a, one. There's a lot to choose from. Freeney would be a good one. Uh, I would... Yeah, Freeney, you could get the freak because he was still in the division. Javon Curse, yeah. Edron James. Yeah, you could do that. You get Fred Taylor, Ooh. who would be really good. Yeah. Do we need a running no, back? No, you don't need him right Actually, now. Actually, yeah, we, we're looking at needs as well. You don't need him as much right now. No, there's a lot to choose from Something there. Something about that, yeah. I could get Andre Johnson from the Titans or the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> really That's good really one. Marvin Harrison. Thing. You might have a chance to get his son. Yeah, oh, Very gosh. Soon. I, I am having nightmares about him ending up in Indy. I just cannot have that.
No. I was not. I was never. Look, the Colts had two great receivers, Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison and maybe someday in the Hall of Fame Reggie Wayne. I think I think he should be not before Andre Johnson, but I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But I think they made each other better. True. Well, I think they're both they're both elevated. By Peyton yes, Manning. that's the right. thing. They that's weren't my on point. island like Andre Johnson. Right. For Andre so many Johnson years. should get in before Reggie Wayne because mm-hmm. Andre Johnson didn't have a Marvin Harrison or a Peyton Manning or a Dar- Dallas Clark. Now he had Owen Daniels, so that's pretty good. That's better than Dallas Clark, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's opinion. take a break. I've got more. We got more Colts news because is this the beginning of the end for them? They've had a very mm-hmm. busy day, not in a good way. One final segment of Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. One final segment of Texans All Access. We go around the NFL. Well, really, we've been going around the NFL because the trade deadline passed. And we were talking about the Indianapolis Colts before the break. Uh, Mark and Drew mm-hmm. joining me once again. Naheem Hines to the Buffalo Bills. We finally found the compensation for that after a little while of digging. But, uh, you know, that was probably that probably came down really close to the 3 o'clock deadline because I was thinking, oh, there's one guy that didn't get traded. Uh, so they get... Uh, running back Zach Moss and a conditional sixth, uh-huh. possibly a, a fifth, fifth yeah. in 2023 um, for Naheem Hines. And the Colts, you'll have to face them again in week 17, Mark. So the good news is you won't see him. You also will see them with a different offensive coordinator because the Colts fired Marcus Brady after his 3-4-1 start to the season. He was in his second season as the Colts offensive coordinator. I don't know. this The Colts, I mean, they've benched their quarterback mm. for the rest of the year. They fired the OC, then they trade away Naheem Hines. Is this like the beginning of the end of it, it this could Frank be. Reich era for it, them? And that was a winnable game they had against the Commanders, who will be here in, what, two, three weeks? Uh, it's three the next weeks. home game after Battle But if, if Pittman yeah. doesn't drop that pass right. and they win, does any of this happen? Uh, maybe not, because Ellinger actually looked pretty decent, decent for, for, for a start. You know, 17 of 23, 201, no TDs, no picks, but a quarterback rating over 100, and... You know, that looks pretty decent because you're not expecting a ton from him, but he didn't turn the ball over. I don't know if he fumbled, but I don't see any picks here. And Jonathan Taylor ran for 76 yards, 4.8 per pop. Look, I think, and Hines is always a contributor for them. You know, he definitely is productive. So that's good for the Buffalo Bills. Frank Reich under pressure. They all are. And. This is a conversation. If you start firing assisted coaches, what does that say about you, right? During the season, didn't go well here in 05 for Dom Capers and Chris Palmer as Joe Pendry was in. I know that was a long time ago, folks, but that was happening here and the offense completely imploded in 05. Now, I think once you start firing assistant coaches, it's a sign. This guy replaced Nick Sirianni, who's the head coach at the Eagles right now and doing a fantastic job for them. And you just never know what's going to happen in this league. I just think with the Colts, it's all about the quarterback. They've got a lot of things going for them. They haven't been able to get it right. Ellinger's the guy now. Is he the guy in the future? I doubt it. And this also bothers me, DP. If it is the end, quote, for the Colts, they have mm-hmm. a bad record. Are they in the quarterback market in the offseason, clouding up that picture as well? We'll see what happens. I mean, how much do you, how far do you expect Ellinger to go? How far do you expect him to go with a different OC? Mm. Of, of one that's been fired, and now you're trading away some of his offensive weapons. Maybe they, they already know what they have in him. Yeah. You know, I mean. They got Zach Moss, I would right? Keep, I would keep your, yeah, you've got Zach Moss. You've got, obviously, you've got Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah. you know, if he's healthy for the rest of the year. But I, Frank Wright calls the plays there. So, 
Yeah, I know. I just feel like well, it's know. a weird, it's a weird, weird move altogether. Weird Maybe move. they it's don't a weird like time about, going on. In how about the fact that the way we found out was Jim Hersey? Jim Hersey tweeted about it. That's normal though for <laughs> for that organization. It's, for it's him. so nor it's so weird. It's normal now. But did Ursay give the order? This is like who ordered the code red? This right. is a few good men. I'm sure they're not going to do it without letting him know. So of I don't, course not. I mean, no, they're going to let him know. But did he say, "Listen, I got to get." This guy out of here. I don't like these game plans. Frank, is it you? No, it's not me. <laughs> it's but him. if you if you bench your quarterback for the rest of the year, that's a pretty bold move. So to make another move so quickly after that. Well, they like Ellinger. And so far, I mean, not electric, but not terrible. So we'll see where it takes them. I was like, we talked about this last week, right? I was surprised they named him the starter for the rest, rest of, of the, year. the year. That was a little bit of a shock to me. Oh. I'm not sold on the dude. I saw him play. My wife's a Longhorn, so I've seen oh. quite a bit of Longhorn <laughs> oh, football. Yeah. I know things are different, but I just am not sold. Okay. So, my, br my brother who lives in Indianapolis wants to send my son, who's at UT in Ellinger jersey. And I'm like, you don't waste your money. He's not going to wear that. Well, one of <laughs> Unless our, it's a Longhorn jersey, I don't think he's going to wear a cold jersey. One of our friends who used to work here texted me this weekend, very disgruntled. He lives in Austin now, and he was very upset that he couldn't watch the Texans because Ken's there was showing the, or excuse me, KVU was showing the Colts game because Ellinger was a long oh quarterback. Oh my so, goodness, because yeah. now you've got that to contend with. The affiliates have some say in what they clear. Yeah. So they didn't clear the Texans and the Titans. Once upon a time, it was Vince Young getting yep. the eyeballs oh, yeah. in Austin, and that mm -hmm. was a huge deal at the time. Enormous. We would rather carry a Titans game because the Texans were really struggling. It was 06. We'd rather carry a Titans game because VY's playing. And in some ways, I get it. In other ways, I just want to walk into those offices and demand they carry the Texans. And by the way, they are our preseason affiliate, so they're going to be hearing from me. Oh, well, okay. I'm not even kidding. I'm going to be like, come on, man. <laughs> I've opened a can of worms I mean, without even knowing They it. want to watch Ellinger that badly? I know we're not exactly setting the world on fire right now with the Houston Texans, but we're working on it, and... It's going to get better, and it's not like the Colts are fun to watch. My God, just to watch Ellinger? Well, they get to see the Colts and the Texans in Week 18 when these two teams finish up the season. But for this week, Thursday night football kickoffs at 7.15. We've come full circle, everybody. My 20. Amazon Prime <laughs> and My 20. <laughs> and Sports Radio 610 and, and the Bull. And Sports Radio 610 right. and the Bull. And coming up next, we've got Texans matchup with John Harris and that's going to do it for Texans All Access, guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And as always, go Texans.